Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode number 39 of the KDH podcast. Today, I'm joined by Roy Blakely. How are you doing, mate? Very well, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. That's all right. First of all, I just want to obviously thank you for having me on, mate, but um, thank all the listeners as well, both my clients and yours. Um, I really appreciate you tuning in, and me and Christian, I'm sure I can speak for him as well. We don't ever take this for granted, and your support to us to, to us, sorry, and allowing us to be the kind of voice for you, so to speak. Um, we definitely appreciate it, so thanks. Well, I've got loads of lessons in and there for the day as well, which is class. So I got uh, Roy on today, and it was uh, the reason why I got him on is we've only, we were just talking about this before, we've only really been connected over social media very, very recently. We're both from the same area, and the topic of the podcast today is basically lessons from the strangest year of our generation, and I thought, you know what? I have a chat to Roy about this because he's been through a similar journey to myself in the past, over the past year, because it's obviously been a mad one. You've been in the industry just a wee bit longer than me, I think, and we're going through the same sort of journey. And I just thought, you know what, this will be a good podcast to talk about this as well. So um, I thought, what, why not get Roy on for a chat? So basically what we're going to go through initially is to give everyone a bit of an insight to yourself as well, mate. If they don't follow you, Roy, what's your story and what are you doing now? So this is, I mean, obviously I'm comfortable speaking about all this stuff, but this is the one that I was a wee bit more, I'd mulled over it a wee bit more because I kind of spoke to you before we come on live there that like this is, I'm obviously, this is the first time I've ever been on a podcast as a guest, I, run, I, I do my own podcast, but you kind of ask yourself, am I worthy of folk wanting to listen to it? Like, have I got a story to tell? But I think for me to show that I maybe have that audacity to advise someone how to change or how to build structure, it's probably better if I start right from the early beginning and just give you an insight of how I come into even just picking up fitness. So growing up for me, it generally wasn't that easy, mate. It was quite dysfunctional. There was a lot of troubles. There was a lot of identity issues. I was quite low in self-esteem. I suffered from severe anxiety. There was loads and loads and loads going on. Um, my dad wasn't necessarily in my life at a young age. And there was loads of kind of shit, you know, so that brought us on, let us on troubles. Um, drugs were very prevalent in my family like my mum's twin was like a heroin addict and all that kind of stuff so drugs were a big big part so that came with its own challenges it almost kind of glorified it no heroin but recreational use and yeah. a lot of the folk that I surrounded myself with was was very much in that kind of circle and I mean I came from Coenan in the Blacklands so a lot of the folk that I hung about with were in very similar situations so the path out wasn't wasn't that easy, mate. If I'm honest, um, there was a few kind of rocky moments in my life. Like I lost my brother like six years ago. He an accident overdose again with drugs. So there's been a lot of kind of turning points in my life that kind of forced me to make quick changes. But probably like the biggest lesson is these kind of failures and fears and hurts are probably the the biggest lessons that you take for your life. And I think the anxiety thing was a big, big one for me. And I think fitness and getting into fitness was was amazing for me to really develop myself as a character as well. Obviously, you put on a bit of size, so you get a bit more confidence in that as well. But I think after the death, death of my brother, that was a big, big, a big, big chance for me to try and really turn my life about and actually go in kind of all in to, to my fitness career and stuff. Because before... I had made the change initially to step back for that lifestyle, really assess what was going on because I was like just jumping from pillar to post. I mean, 
I dropped out of school at 15, no standard grades at all. Started thinking about with the boys, smoking dope, taking drugs, doing various other different things. And that that was like for probably about a 10-year period, just caning it, no caring. And I worried and I, and I wondered why my anxiety was through the roof, you know. Anxiety was there before, but it was fucking multiplied. Yeah. I, of course, mate. And then I was just kind of just in this frantic mess of working with my uncle in a fish factory, constant night shift, making my money, got a, got a unique at the weekend, buying a pair of replay jeans and a, an old glory t-shirt and then getting mad with it for three days and then try to chase my tail for the rest of the week. So someone had to give, man, someone had to give. And I remember the turning point was where I was in, I went into the shop to buy something and a boy that I went to school with came into the shop and he's like, how are you doing, Roy? And I had a hoodie on and all that. And I couldn't even make eye contact with him. And I left the shop that day, mate. This was probably about 13 years ago. I mean, I'm 33 now, so I was I, I was I wasn't young though. I mean, I was I was getting on a wee bit. Um and I left the shop and burst into tears and I'm going, holy fuck, man. Like he had a suit on and all that, and he looked as if he was well well put together. And I was in the shop probably buying like fag papers or something so I could go and roll a joint. And I'm like, ah, I need to sort my shit out here, man. And I, I left the shop. 19, 20 year old, burst into tears, and I was like, ah, right, that's it, enough's enough. Went up the road, binned on my, like, my train, all that shit, like all that stuff, and then started applying for college and went, right, okay. Because growing up, I was never really academical, mate. I was um, I was never, I was always a doer, never really a learner. So I didn't really take to school. Like I was in about the burns and all that in primary, and I was always in about football, but I never, like in sport, but I never really watched it. I just liked to do it. You know yeah. that way? So yeah. I think it was just because I had this nervous energy that I just kind of wanted to be always on the go. And then I think, what, and then I thought to myself, what, what am I good at? Like, and I'm going, not really much. Like, I'm not a stat guy. I'm no. So I never really had a, a place. I always really struggled with that growing up as well. And I think I was, I had blonde hair. My name was Roy. And <laughs> the only Roy's I knew was fucking bananas, pals. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, like, it was weird, man. Like, see the stuff that you create in your head? It was just nuts. So my head was all over the gaps. I thought, right, I'm good at sport. Why don't I do sport? And it's one of those kind of cliche, right, just do that for something to do. And it wasn't really like that for me. It was like that or nothing. You yeah. know what I mean? So I went into college at NC. Every day in the college class was fucking between 16 and 18. And I was this kind of older guy. They were all there bouncing about, throwing things about the class, like just kind of there for something to do. And I'm going, fuck man, I'm here. Like I'm well at my deck, but it made me push even harder. And I, and it's kind of the similar story to the guy I had in my last podcast, Mark. Like I started getting in with the lecturers and they kind of seen something in me that, that they want to nurture, you know? So I've done NC, HNC, HND. And then after HND, I got accepted into uni in sports development. So the plan was to go to uni and be a PE teacher because I was thinking about sport. It's a natural progression. Went to America to work for six months, which, again, was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me because that I was still struggling with anxiety and I was still struggling with identity. But I think, see, to, to look in, in your life, you have to step back from it. And when I went to work in America... It was almost as if I was taking myself away from the life that I had to look in on it. Yeah. And then when I got there, I went, you know what? Nobody knows me here. I can be who, who, literally who I want to be. Not be fake, but just who I've always kind of wanted to be, you know? 
And I went there to work in a camp. I was a trained lifeguard through Key Leisure at the time. I picked that up through like going to college and stuff. And I went and got my Red Cross lifeguard qualification. I'd done uh, three months in a camp in California as a lifeguard. And it was fucking brilliant, mate. <laughs> I just started to become more confident. I started, I could make eye contact. I could hold conversations. And I, I started not to fear things. Because see, honestly, see before, mate, like see if you, obviously we're having this chat now. I was never like this. Like I would never have held a conversation. I actually used to fear going down like the mile and all that in case I bumped into somebody in case I took a BMAR and I couldn't hold a conversation. And like I, like if I was walking down main roads, I would try and find a path away from it. So a, a car wouldn't get by and peep me and all that, like crazy shit, yeah. like proper inside my own head. So I think doing that was um, a very good path for me to really adapt who I was and, and really see who I was. And then when I come back from America, I was like, right, cool, I went to uni. Started to really, I got I get accepted for a postgrad position in Edinburgh and done a few placements. <laughs> a few schools doing PE and fucking hated it yeah. because it was it, it just brought back that anxiety again I think that's because, like see when people sorry, sorry for interrupting there I think it's just a no, really no worries, good man. a really good point there is a lot of people can probably relate they'll be relating to so many points of this story by the way I'm pure loving it here I've got my hair standing on the end listening to parts of this because I can resonate with it so much but so many people will be going through their journeys where they build up, they maybe go to university, they go and study, then they finally get into this job and they go, oh shit, I don't actually like this. And yeah. so many people do that. And do you know what the sad thing is? They just stick at it because what we and you were talking about before this, they've committed the time, they feel that they need mm -hmm. to be there and you don't, you don't at all. And I think it's not until you look at, you'll probably look back at that now. And at the time it probably seemed like the fucking walls were coming against you. But now you look back and go, that was such a small period in my life and all I had to do was take a leap. But it was because yeah, you'd already invested the time into it, folk. And sorry for interrupting. Mate. I just, I just no, wanted no, to give absolutely. value. And it's, a, it's a good point you've made, mate. And it goes back to that whole saying: be firm on your goal, but flexible in your approach. Yeah. Like I knew what the goal was, and and the goal was to fix me because I was fucking broken, you know. So, yeah. and when I got there, I went, you know what? Right, this academical side of things, like you know the shit I used to worry about, like doing placements. Like if the, the lecturer or the teacher told me to go up and write something on the board in front of the class and if I spelt it wrong, like I would fucking cave in on myself. I'd yeah. like, oh my God. Like the, even just thinking about that the now fills me with a bit of anxiety, yeah. you know? Just, I'd, I'd created this drama for so long in my head and then I went, you know what, it's not for me. Like the kids don't really want to be there. You're kind of fighting a losing battle to try and get them to, to participate. The academical side of thing, things isn't really my bag. Um, but see through like college and uni, I started really getting into the gym as opposed to the sports development side of things and the, the anatomy and the physiology and the body mechanics were really starting to be something that I was going, you know what, this doesn't feel as if I should learn this. This is something I want to yeah. learn. And it was fascinating me and I'm going, maybe this is it, man. Maybe this is my niche. And then from then I just went, you know what, fuck it. And I, and I bounced in. And see, honestly, I could have probably say three years of education if I just went and done my level two and level three. Because I, I left uni with an honours degree, didn't go and do the postgrad, went and done a level two gym instructor, level three personal training, and then just really started to put a lot of skin in the game. And from then on, it's just, it's kind of grown, mate. Like, um, I started working with KA Leisure um, as an activities coordinator and a gym instructor. Then I got a job as relief in the gyms. But in the side, I was always trying to get some kind of testimonials and build up clients in the background. 
his mission fit was Foreman, but it used to be called um, Royster's Fitness. Royster's? Which was cringe, right? But it was like it was just, I, I, I Exactly. So I, I just, it was one of those things I was just kind of building, but I didn't really know where it was going to go. And then I got a job with um, Cohen Sports Club as the fitness manager in there. And that really boosted my confidence because I'm going, right, well, I've obviously got a lot of knowledge in this and I know how to run business and I'm because they're obviously trusting me to run it and then I kind of doubled their revenue within a year. But they only had a certain amount of funding for that position, which then meant that after that year, year and a bit, I was going, right, okay, right, what the fuck's the next step? But Mission Fit had grew, grew arms and legs, but then I was still a okay coach, no very good. You know what it's like when you first get into the game, mate? You're yeah. never... You're never good. You need to, you need to learn as you go, but it made it made that decision easier for me to jump full time, self employed, and then for the on mission fit grew, the online sector grew, personal training grew, and then over lockdown there, mate, I've um, literally just built my own gym, um, yeah, and that. I've now got a headquarters and at my house, which is a a big luxury log cabin, which is fucking phenomenal, man. I can't I can't believe how how far it's came. And I think, like, see, kind of, that's honestly, mate. Thanks very much for sharing all that as well, man. And I know, like, it's I love when people share that because so many. No, I just know this from obviously so many people talking to me back and forward over the podcast for the past year. That will deliver so much value to someone because you know what? How many people have you worked with, Roy, that will be going through the same journey that you've been through right there? I've had so yeah. many guys and girls where they come to me unhappy, sad. They've maybe been through that party phase. They're in that point. But it does seem like when you're there, that that's the that's that's your world, and it's not. And one of the key right. things to take away from what you've just said there is you need to manifest that ideology that you are who you want to be. You need to keep acting yeah. like that person because you know what? That's that's what you end up in. Um, even even yesterday, I put into the we were talking about the post before I announced yesterday that I'm now a fully online coach and my boot camp that's a big part of me. And I put up like a lot of people always see that boot camp and they always go. Oh, I was really busy and all that, but then I put up at the end my first ever poster for it. And right. I put up like when I stood in a rainy car park for a week when no one showed up. Yeah. But it was that ideology that I want. So basically that, and, and now like you could like, you always get to a point where you want more, but you sometimes forget your roots and you forget how long the journey took to get to somewhere. And, you, and it's good to basically vocalize and speak it out like you've just done there as well, because it makes you realize how far you've came. Like think about how different a person you are from that that person that was that went outside the shop and burst into tears because they couldn't even make um, eye contact. Definitely, mate. And see, the thing is, me and you spoke about how journaling's became very prevalent for us now. Yeah. And I think see being, see being able to go back and audit your life, so to speak, and look back and go, fuck, man, it's actually a nice thing to do because you do then understand your journey, how far you've came and what it's taken to get here. So I think what, what it does is first and foremost, mate, it, it makes you appreciate where you're at because yeah. you've fucking, you've clawed your way up, man. You know, like yeah, it's, know. I've, I've like really, really struggled. And I think what became quite evident through that whole process of uni as well, I mean, I got an honours degree and all that. So I wasn't, a, I wasn't a not clever. I think I, I just doubted myself, but I think I was definitely dyslexic and I didn't really realise I was. I think I am too. <laughs> I no, I genuinely think yeah, I'm yeah, because yeah. it's even now, like I'll do a post for social media and I'm like, I've read the fucker like seven times. It's wrong. Post that. And then my wife will WhatsApp me and screenshot it and go, spell mistake. And I'm, uh, I'm the exact same. How did I not see that? Like it's weird, but 
I don't know, maybe it's just a lazy brain or maybe... I Mate, I'm the exact same. Ailey like, always jokes to me. She's like, you can't just diagnose yourself dyslexic. I'm like, honestly, Ailey, I am dyslexic. <laughs> I swear to God, I am. But like, um, one of the things you were saying there, and it was like, I can totally relate to it, is you said that not like you had that thought that like, I could have just skipped college. I could have just skipped that part and done it. And I was talking to one of my clients about this recently saying that like, where I'm at now and I'm so I couldn't believe can't believe my business is and I mentioned it in a post yesterday and I said oh four years to get to there it's not four years it's your full life to get to where yeah. you are because at the end of the day you are who you are and the bills the, the things that you do is is, is through you and people often yeah. say it to me with exercise and they go oh maybe you you know what it's like when someone comes to you for a bit of coaching you show them how to properly do a movement for the first time or how to basically properly cycle their calories or do all these things that they're just completely mind blown by. And they're like, mm. I feel like I've been wasting so much time. And you're like, you've not been wasting time. You've just not been optimizing it. And now you're doing it now. But everything that you've done on the point up to there is all part of the journey as well. So don't think of, of it as a start or an end. It's just the yeah. way that it works. And folks sometimes get so hung up in that as well. But um, yeah, so like obviously the podcast today we've gave that's been we've just asked your story, mate, and there's been so much value and so many gold nuggets in it already. So um, the point that basically what I've broken it down today when I sent this to Roy the other day was four parts. So we've got life, coaching, business, and training. And I broke it down to these four parts because I was like, you know what, we'll be able to give lessons from the last year in each of these areas. So we're going to start off like your three biggest life lessons in the past year, Roy. What have they been? So these questions were quite t- difficult as well because you've probably seen my socials as well, mate. I've been a big advocate of like if you've no learned lessons in the last year, you're not looking hard enough. And I think it's it's something everybody should be doing, looking back in the last year and going, right, what worked, what didn't, what can I change, what can I invest in, what do I need to cut out? And, and I think these questions really, really spoke to me. So the first one I would say definitely that people matter. Um and what I mean by that is, mate, look at the people, look at your last call list or your WhatsApp list, look at the last 10, 15 people on that. If they're there, they're probably there for a reason, especially in the last year. The people who haven't necessarily been in touch in the last year are probably more of acquaintances rather than good friends. And I think that's been a big lesson. I think you feel as if you need to have all of these close people in your life. And I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, I think the ones who you've, you've communicated with most in the last year are probably the ones who are your peeps, so to speak. And I think on that as well, like, I've just built this gym and through even before like COVID, I've done a lot of fucking cool shit in my life, but it would never have been as cool as it was without the people there to enjoy it with. Yeah. So I think what COVID's taught us all, mate, is people are fucking mega important in your life, man. Yeah, and I, I can totally relate to that. We're just literally moving into, we're getting a new house. Um, we're li- literally renovating it right now in Cowinning. And uh, the when we're moving in, I was saying, I'm so excited to move into the house because the past year has really taught me to just be present with people and be social yeah. with people. And I can't wait to just, once we're obviously, it's cool to do it. Just have folk around all the time. And I want to have that I want to have that sort of mindset of this is an open house to like all my friends, like people that Aye. when I lived down in England, I want to make sure when I used to serve in the forces, like I want to make sure that they, they're able to come up. I want to make sure that my friends always know that because at, at the end of the day, like I've been, I was talking to my friend about this as well. Like you've been the same, even though we've, you obviously not done as much face to face as what you would usually do. You've still had so much social interaction for your clients 
And a lot of yeah. people have been starved from that with obviously this pandemic and this lockdown. And I think that's what you're just saying there. Just make sure the people who are close to you just remind yourself who they are and make sure that I they know. are close to you because at the end of the day, that's who lifts you up. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I've, I can totally relate to that as well. I know, definitely. I, I think it's it's important to have people in your life. And what I did say was, I was actually speaking to one of my clients in, in a Zoom call the other day there. And I said, like, so before I did a, a few community things, like charity events and stuff, but I feel as if see when all this finishes, I want to do honours of community stuff, like get groups together. and Because I don't think we'll, we'll, we'll ever take it for granted anymore. No. I think if that, that, that year's thought is that actually just being with folk and just cutting about with folk and just going for a breakfast or even going down the, the, the beach with a group of folk or whatever, you know, like it's just something that we all just totally took for granted. Yeah, walking's been a big thing for me, going out and just meeting right. up my pals and going for a walk and a coffee. It's just been, I just, and like, see now, like I was, I was so, you know, it was so funny. I was talking about this in my stories the other day. I was so fucking buzzing about the pubs open. Now I wasn't even asked last year because I was like, there's no vaccine yet. This still isn't over. Like, come on. We'll just keep fucking yeah. grinding through this. And then I heard that, yeah. I heard that the pubs open, and I was like, I can't wait for a day sesh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've became a, a borderline alcoholic over this lockdown. Mate. I got one of those, I got one of those submachines. So, like, I, I've had to really limit myself. I, I probably just, I, every other weekend I'll have a few beers, but it was getting to a point where I'm like, on a Thursday, oh, we cheeky wee beer, and Aye. then Friday you would have another one. And but that's just the, the novelty wears off after a wee while. But they are. I mean, it's just as good as, but they'll never compare to the loser, you know what I mean? I know. <laughs> uh, what other points there you got there for the past year, mate? So the second point I've got here, mate, is protect your mental health positively is the the biggest, uh, probably one of the, the main take-homes for me. And I think what I mean by that is your routines and your non-negotiables that you set for yourself will always prevail like me and your coaches, and it's uh, it's easy for people to go, I but it's easy for you. You're a coach, that's your but it's no easy. I've just told you, and that was the reason why I went into so much detail in my past, because it's no been easy for me, and it's been a fucking hard structure for me to implement to get non-negotiables to hold myself accountable, and they have really put me in um a good mindset and a, a good place through lockdown. And I think ha having things like your journal and having things like you make sure you go a walk every day, make sure that 80% um, of your, your staple diet is good foods, all of that really goes a long way to keep you in a good mindset because I, I don't know if it was Jim Carrey or someone I heard a wee while back, it was like, yes, mental health is complex and none of us are saying that we're experts on it, but I've definitely had experience with poor mental health and I'm very well-versed in dealing with a lot of clients. I mean, I've dealt with thousands of clients that just get through a multitude of struggles. They shut the door. Sorry. sorry. Just keep talking, my dog's barking. No worries, mate. And a lot, of, a lot of those clients, when you start to implement routine and structure, they start to develop a lot better mindset. So I think yeah. it is one of the biggest points that I would give anybody um, in the last year, really protect your, your mental health through things like non-negotiables. Yeah. I, I totally relate to that. And I was actually, I, I laugh. I, was, I had quite a few new clients starting this month and clients coming on board with the online stuff and even people that I've been checking in with throughout the entirety of this. And when I'm talking about things like, because sometimes it's very easy. For, like now when I coach people, the emphasis is so hard on habits. Like 
even when someone's new, I'm not even really that asked about their exercise. I am. I totally am. But I mean, like that's the bread and butter of our trade. So therefore, they're going to get a good exercise delivery. But I'm like so hard on people to the point where it's like, have you done your daily plan? Have you done? And we set and strip back what their non-negotiables are. And they're like, they don't take it as serious because sometimes as a personal trainer, they're like, but you're meant to just be prescribing me exercise. Be like, yeah, but that's not going to do it. That's not going to be the thing that does it. See, like I was talking to a client yesterday and we were going over and we were talking about a day and she was saying about a lot of uni being overwhelming. And I was like, see if you actually went out for a, like she'd done eight hours of back-to-back study. And I was like, see if you actually went out for a walk, got up and served yourself first and you'd done four hours of studying and you put, you broke it up and you had a walk between each part and you, you had it all planned out, you would have done more than you would have done in eight hours. But consumed a lot more anyway that's yeah, for sure because you would have in order to take a step forward you need to move back and people don't realize they think it's counterintuitive they're like nah i'll just do everything and i talk about this all the time it's that you can't just be like do everything at once it's like training it's like the, the, when you probably get into training same as me you tried to just train a lot thinking it was about not the quality yeah. of your training not the volume you just thought it was the amount the total amount you were like i'm going to just go right. six seven days a week I'll double yeah. train some days, no attention to your routine, no attention to your mindset, just pure brutality in the gym. And yeah, you got some results, but it, it's not, it, there's so much more to it than just training. And that's what like, and that's why now I'm like to people, I'm like, why do you think I'm out walking every day? Like, I walk every day, miles every day, every single day, talking my stories, everything that I do, I don't do it for a laugh. Do you know what I mean? I do it because no, I feel good. It, I, the thing is, that the, the walking has been, probably a godsend for a lot of people who maybe don't really know how to exercise, don't have the finances to to join an online thing or take a coach on. But what I always say to my clients is, treat your mental health the, the way you would treat a newborn baby. Like, feed it good things. Make it happy. Make sure it's resting properly. Like, so if you, if you see your mind like a newborn baby, you cannot go far wrong because... With a newborn baby, it's so fragile. You don't want to do anything to upset it or break it. So if you treat your mind like that, then you can't go far wrong. And I think if you can do that with your mindset, um, you're putting yourself in an optimal position to be a bit more resilient, a bit a bit uh, better prepared to rationalise decisions and various other things. So a lot of the things that you probably think that are problems or issues in your life become fucking insignificant. And yeah. it goes back to what I was saying about my upbringing as well, mate. Like, I was creating most of the drama in my life because of the choices I was making. Yes, it was there before the anxiety and the fear and the, the worry about death and fucking all sorts. But, like, I was fucking, I wasn't, I wasn't giving it the best possible chance yeah. or a platform to, to, to develop or, or get better, you know? And that's that mentality of what I was saying. There's taking a step back in order to move forward. Sometimes people think that, it's like overloading it more and more will do it. And you're like, no, no, you need to, like, as you said, like the habits that you have built over the years and years allow you to take on more. What you, even when you were doing Royster's Fitness, imagine how busy you thought what busy was then. And I'm not talking about being like a busy fool and just doing loads of sessions. I mean, like just daily things, like, like even a client asking you quite a complex question that you have to take a bit of time to think of, you'll be able to answer that like very quickly. You'll be able to, I mean, and it's just through action, implementation and practice and and just having a routine. But see, imagine how overwhelmed, imagine like uni's a great example. 
And I used to like, I've, I've been using this example quite a lot because my first two and a half, I've been a coach now for four years. My first two and a half years, I remember I used to folk used to talk to him about uni. He'd be like, oh, I'm dead busy with uni. And I'd be like, all right, cool. They must be, they must be doing loads. And then one day I just had this epiphany and I was like, fuck off. I was like, I do fucking loads as well. I train at a high intensity. I fucking have a big, a busy business. I'm doing lots of sessions. I do stuff with my family. I walk every day. I do all these things. And someone that's telling me to do 20 hours of study in a week, they've got no time. Like, yeah. it's just, it's mismanagement. And it's funny because folk will look back and they'll be able to relate to it. Everyone has the same 24 hours in the day. It's how you choose to action them each day that counts. That's the main thing. You know I mean? Exactly, mate. Your environment, your, your environment dictates the outcome. And I think folk just pretend to themselves or they've developed this mindset where, oh, I'm so busy. You're like, mate, you're no, you're just not managing your time enough. So yeah. just fucking get your finger out, sort that out, and that'll fix itself. You know, that I think sometimes you need to be fun, but fair with folk as well. Yeah, that's the, the thing when you, like, you know, you'll be able to relate to this as a coach. It's like the amount of guys that come to you that I've had in the past, like, oh, I can't gain any weight. When I'm when a guy or girl tells me, mainly a guy, because I just know this from like backgrounds, if a guy tells me they can't weight, gain weight, it's not because of metabolism, it's because they're unorganized as fuck. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. It's not they it's, have a high calorie day fo- followed by a fucking fast. I know, man, because they've <laughs> they've sat in their Xbox till 6 a.m. Uh, exactly. and slept yep. through 80. They've, they've not actually ate for 18 hours, but oh, I had a pizza last night. You're like, I but Aye. you're like, folk, it's just it's you start to realize the traits and people. It's just funny over time as well. And uh, what's your, your last one for life, mate? What's your last sort of life point? So, I think, um, kind of what we're doing now, always look for the lesson and everything, um, especially failure. I think, like, see when you're approaching anything, I think if you approach it with and intent, see if you fail, you're going to learn something. See if you don't approach it at all, you'll never fucking know. So you'll always live with the regret of maybe no trying. And I always say 50% of something's better than 100% of fuck all. And, and I say this to all my clients, like if you can if you can give me most of what you've got, give me some of what you've got because something's better than fuck all, you know? And I think that the lesson that I've learned as well, like the rat race, we'll call it, like the whole, everybody calls it a rat race, it's dead cliche about a PT doing every hour under the sun. But that's what I was doing, mate. I was so busy being busy that I did not have any time to implement anything in terms of an online structure because I was I was fucked. I was getting to the end of the week. I was unraveling on the couch and I'm going, I just can't be fucked doing anything else. And I, you've got money coming in, but you're going, is this it? Is this, like, is this what coaching is all about? And it's no, you're just greedy because you can't say no to the to the right people at the moment but what you need to understand and all is i'm not saying don't do that because as a coach you need to do that you need to graft you need to put skin in the game and you need to develop that method that you're not scared to put the work in before you start to flourish and do kind of what me and you're doing and yeah. maybe develop a wee bit more online and stuff you know so i think learning taking lessons from everything you do and kind of looking back on things and analysing it is definitely a good, good thing to try and kind of achieve. 100%. I think that's reflection. Like last week, I, I didn't protect my energy at all, even though I made a podcast about it. Just the most ironic thing ever. And like on Sunday, it was just I sat down and I was planning my week and I was like, this week's more about me, more of a focus on myself. Like obviously, there is focuses on business, there's focuses on my clients, there's focuses on this, but certain weeks you need to be prioritising some areas because they need a bit more focus because you've maybe let it go. And I think that's what people do with like 
they have their first mishap, but they don't realize that that mishap is a big part of the learning. Like that's like yeah. the first time they hit a relapse and they maybe push the fuck it button or they, they let their calories, they, they, they shoot their calories up for two days consistently to 6,000 calories because they decide to have free takeaways for their breakfast, lunch and dinner. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then they realize that, oh, I can still keep doing everything I'm doing. I just had a wee bit of a, it's an important part of the journey that everyone needs to go through. And I think sometimes when people do experience the first hurdle, they just drop at it. But I think yeah. that's also to do with the fact that they've not got enough optics or visuals and what they're actually doing. They don't have a strong enough why. There's loads of different reasons for that as well. Their network of people they're with, there's a million and one reasons there, but like genuinely it's like they just don't have enough focus there. So next one, um, what we're we moving on to there. We obviously kind of, the, the life lessons and the coaching lessons will be very, very valuable. But what's your sort of biggest, obviously taking the step and going online with things over the past year, what's been your biggest coaching lessons? I think with coaching, it's, it's a tough one, especially when you go online, right? Because what I always hear a lot of people saying is, oh, I can't do that online. I need the one-to-one. I need somebody there cracking the whip. And I'm going, nah, what you need is you need a system in place that's going to hold you accountable, someone to answer to, and a very good understanding of as to why you're doing specific things. Because when you make that connection with it straight away, you're already invested. But I think one of the big take-homes for me is people always always, always remember how you make them feel, regardless of what you do and say. Fancy videos fade and get changed up, image and aesthetics come and go, but how you make a client feel in terms of how they start to feel about themselves, how their health starts to feel, their energy levels, their sleep, that there is the biggest asset that you can give to a client because if you can make them feel phenomenal within the process, then they're going to stick to it for longer periods of time or it's going to be or become who they are initially because I think if they're just doing it to look good for Ibiza or look good in a T-shirt or fucking to be skinny, then it's never really going to be a, it's never going to be a fucking consistent thing in their life, you know? So I think making them feel good, first and foremost, before they look good, I think that's probably the, the biggest take-home for me as a coach. Yeah. I, I totally agree there. And I, the, the transition from, so I've seen a lot in the past year. So we went from being full lockdown back to gyms reopen, bit of normality, normality with hyphens around it, man. It was like, you could, it was a wee bit normal. <laughs> like then we went back into a bit of a lockdown tier system, full lockdown. Now we're transitioning back. And what we've seen people do, obviously there's loads of, I, I get that it was through winter. It was a change in seasons. Obviously, there's loads of complexities there as well. But we started to see, see people place values into like what you've just said. They started to do things because they think they want to do it, not because they want to do it. So I often yeah. heard quite a lot, I need outdoor group training. I need to have my PT. And because we've seen the wave of no gyms, gyms, no gyms, gyms, and we're seeing it coming back, it's transitioned back and forward and you started to see people putting limiting beliefs into their head and exactly what you've said, if you can create from a coaching perspective, a system that allows someone to be more accountable, more goal structured and more goal driven, that's like the past year, past year and a half, I've just like, all I focus on that, like I always have been a results driven PT, 
But the past year, it's just been about implementing a system that can create more structure to hit a goal. And I, like, I, when you have the gym, sometimes that can become clouded because you're so focused on teaching someone how to do a squat that you've not spent any time going over what they need to do in order to improve what they ultimately want is to feel better and look better. The squat's yep. going to allow them to have better mechanics to do it. They're going to move better and it's going to help them yield more muscle mass or whatever their goal is. But at the end of the day, if they don't have the habits nailed down, as we've been talking about, if they don't have a good structure in place, if they don't have a good fallback system, and if they don't feel good, then it's all pointless, isn't it? It's just back. Exactly, mate. Just investing exactly. in time because someone thinks they need to be there. Do you know what I mean? Just just coasting. Well, the, the thing is, that, that actually takes me nicely onto the second point I've got here. Like, So I think you need to understand who your target market is. And I know my, my target market is predominantly women, um, albeit there's loads of guys coming on board now with my challenges and stuff, but it's just gen pop. Normal people with normal lives who have got kids, struggles and worries. So I think first and foremost, the, the conversation I have with that person is connection. You have to have a connection or an emotional understanding to what we are about to achieve because if we don't get that and it's no that. So I always say to them, this is a partnership. You give me what you can give me and I'll give you 100% of me. And if you don't, I will fucking switch off. That's just the way it is. Like, I'm not, and I'm not saying if somebody's got struggles or barriers or whatever, I'm no daily support and guide. Of course I am. That's my job. And I know that folk don't just hit the ground running and folk need extra support and everybody's got different needs and requirements. But if somebody's like, like for instance, if it's one to one PT for showing up 10 minutes late or they're not doing their check ins on a Saturday week, week upon week, or they're not doing their daily routines and all that. I'm, I, I get to a point of go, this person doesn't give a fuck. So why would why should I give a fuck? Why would I invest my time into somebody who clearly doesn't care, you know? So I think creating that emotional understanding straight away as to the plan, the goal, the values, why they're doing certain things. And when they understand why they're doing things, why they're eating certain foods, the benefits of training, um, the detrimental effect of overeating in calories, the, the importance of gut health, when they know this, then they're more inclined to stick to it and it becomes a way of life and a lifestyle, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that I love when you see someone hit that point where they get it. Do you know what I'm talking about, Roy? When they, you just I, see yeah, someone... Light bulb moment. When it's like that, I get consistency and you see their training just accelerate. You see, and I always describe it as it's like a petrol lawnmower being started up and they're just at that <laughs> choking point. And then yeah. you see it just start and you go, right, we've only got a wee 20cc engine in here right now, but in a year it's going to be like a two-litre turbo. Do you know what I mean? Like you're Aye, like, you, but, Aye, it's a good feeling. But they, 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 I love seeing that and I love that. Like it's like they ignite something and you get it and you're like, yes, I love that, man. But it's getting someone to that point can sometimes take two weeks or six months. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, and, and everybody's different. That's it. And you've got to, as a coach, you've got to develop that knowledge that, no everybody's singing for the same hymn sheet. No everybody's got the same background or the same life. So yeah. someone might need a little bit more nurture, but they can get there eventually. And I think it's important to, for the client to understand that, that they're not a lost cause, that you can get them there, but you, you need a little bit back, you know? And it's not just as easy as going, oh, fuck, fuck that again, mate. It's like, well, yeah. why are you fucking it? It's not just accept that you're fucking it. Don't accept that you're throwing in the towel. Why is it you keep doing it? Let's ask the right questions, you know? So... That's became a bit of a, over the, I've only been doing this four years, but there's been a bit of a PT boom, like really, really in the past few years, like, but now to a point where people just 
think that they need a PT guiding them through a session where when you tell them to look at things in the part of the lifestyle, they look at you a bit shocked and you're like, this isn't a one hour thing. I mean, this isn't a, it's like, you get it all the time, right? Folks just mess you. How much? How much? How much? No, you let no. How about I ask you the questions? <laughs> no, like, <laughs> exactly. Not even a how you doing, mate. Like I like your content or your your message is good or whatever. It's just I much are you? <laughs> I know how much. How what you asking? What product? Like, I know exactly. As if you're a prostitute. <laughs> I, I, it's mental, mate. I no, it's mental. brutal in it, but it's yeah, like and it's and this is like I'm not trying to overwhelm every single person needs a coach but when it comes to improvement it's not just something that happens overnight and it's our job to help people nurture that and do it and help them in that journey and it just makes me laugh and folks say like you can get all that stuff online for free you're just like okay exactly I know and what's your the thing is as well like so I think see my, my third point on that mate is I think we're a lot of coaches go wrong and probably where I was going wrong for a, a wee while there and not that I've, I've got limited knowledge in the body because it's something that I'm really really strong on in terms of what I want to develop but I think a lot of coaches are too busy trying to look at trends and marketing tools yeah. not enough on how the body actually works so the advice that I give, I give myself and I would give any other coach listening make sure that you study the body first and foremost and get a bit of substance behind your coaching. Yeah. Then look at things like trends and marketing and stuff. And I know you're, I know you're a big advocate of uh, Jamie Alderton. He posted a quote the other day there, and it was like, "Don't fear the man that does a thousand things once. Fear the man that does that one thing a thousand times." And that really spoke to me because I think you get so many PTs, and I know it's quite difficult in the industry because you feel as if there's hundreds of things to do anyway, but. Make sure that your craft is fucking minted before you start trying to go and try and put fancy fonts on Instagram because mm-hmm. you might drag a client in through that graphic, but when you drag them in, if you've not got any substance, not you're not going to keep them. Right, yeah. Exactly. No, that's a, that's a Bruce Lee quote, that. Is that's that what that is, is it? Yeah, it's a Bruce Lee, but he said, what is it? It's kicks. Don't fear the man that's right. done it. Fear the man that's done a thousand kicks once. Uh, the same kick a thousand times. Ah, right, okay, right. Yeah, it's a kit, it's Bruce Lee. Um, and it makes a lot of sense, man, because you would. You'd be like, that, that person's going to be an absolute badass at that, man. Do you know what I mean? And that's, exactly. I was at, the I think it, craft, aye, that's it. Kevin Brown commented on that when I, um, a nice comment he put onto my post yesterday when it was about, um, when I said about obviously moving online, it was just so I could focus my energy on one, one area. And not that the, I was doing anything wrong, but that's one of the reasons why as well, just so that all my energy is in one area. And he yeah. was like mastering your craft. And I was like, that's exactly it. It's like just, I want to do this. And then I'll, I'll over the years, I'll specify more and more who I want to work with. And it's just like, yeah. and then you get really good at that. And it's the same, like, and everything that like, people get into fitness as well. And it's what you often see people do as well is when they're in fitness for the wrong reasons, they're maybe jumping between coaches' trends because it's like, oh, I'm going to do this, this fat loss challenge. I'm going to do this. And you're like, just go and pick something and get good at it. Yeah. I mean, like, stop looking for, at the end of the day, like, Folk are always looking for different ways to fat to lose fat. You only lose fat one way. You get for being in a calorie deficit right. at the end of the day. And if you keep looking at it for different ways, you never fully understand how it works. But like, and it's the looking at like the thing I always talk about now, and it's something that I'm on a mission with is like folk looking at exercise for fat loss. And it's like that, that's what's wrong with people making progress right. in exercise. It's like you need to look at 
what do you want to get from exercise? And then you need to, you need to then go, right, what do you want? And focus a little, it's educating someone on actually going, this is what you want and this is what you need to do. So go and do it. Well, I don't like that. And you're like, well, don't do it then. But it's that people are all under the illusion that they need to be doing things because other people think they need to be doing it. And it's this the full... industry doesn't help either, mate. The industry is just, yeah. a, it's, it's so concentrated on tying everything up in a different type of parcel with a big different red bow to make it sound more appealing yeah. just through a different context. But they're all doing the same thing. Some of them heavily restricted and unsafe. Some of them, like us, with a, a bit of substance and longevity in it. But the people who are plan hopping, PT hopping, product hopping, just don't understand. And that's that's the, that's what we're trying to say, that they're not educated enough. Because see, when you're educated enough, you know there is only one way. There's only one way to drop body fat. There's only one way to, to gain muscle. You just need to find the right way for you. To apply it, that's it. And that, like, that's the thing. It's just, again, it's, it's, the, it's the fault of the industry, but... I think the people that are in that point where they're hopping between things, they're in that phase where they've just not started up their engines yet. They've got all the potential there. Like what I was saying, they're in that choking phase and they're, they're sticking themselves in it because they're just not, yeah. they're not getting that light bulb moment because they're not having enough patience and sticking with it. And it's like, as I said, it could take two weeks or it could take one year. It, mm-hmm. You just need to stick at it and keep going and you just watch it come along leaps and bounds as well. Um, so yeah, like what's like been your biggest business lessons and this is always an interesting one there'll be loads of good points here because business so, is almost like a i think the best way to describe a business is a person a business right. is a person isn't it, so it that's de- that's definitely one of one of my points here but the first one is audit yourself continually audit yourself look at your social media look at the content that you're producing and look at the message that you're sending out is it you or are you just doing it because you've read somebody else's post and you think that that's what folk want to hear I think you need to really decide who your target market is and make sure that your message isn't coming across as preachy and quotey and angry and more compassionate and um, value because people don't really care what you're doing, essentially. All they care is how you can help them. And that's just the bottom line. Folk are looking at your, your social media going, right, okay, cool. And you see all these PTs and they've got their, their abs out or their ass out or their whatever and you go, Right, cool, nice photo, good good caption. But if a client is looking at your socials, they're going to go, right, well, I'm nowhere near that. That might put me off. It might not, but they're going to go, right, well, what can he do for me, though? So, and a lot of people will not read the captions. will just look at the pictures sometimes as well, you know? And I think, especially when we go back to me being busy, being busy and in the rat race, like, I was, I was looking back at my social media, like, last year before any lockdown and I was very quotey and I was very preachy and try to tell people how to do and no show them what to do but it was because I was fucking tired and angry I was coming in every day going getting triggered by folk going oh for fuck's sake brrr, and just typing all that shit posting it and going right okay I wonder how that'll go and it was getting no traction because folk were going who the fuck do you think you are you know yeah. like it was it was, a, it was a completely obscured message to who I was as a coach and what I was trying to achieve as a business that was the same as me. It was like, like I watched my social media and connection fly the most in the past year than it ever has. And it was just yep. through, and it was what you've just said. It was exactly that. I, I was, I was someone like, I was like, I recently was 
asked to say a, an interesting point about myself and folk would go, that's not really an interesting point. I'm weirdly consistent. Like I'm, I'm probably one of the most consistent people you ever meet. Like it's, I've made myself like that and I pride myself on it, but I was being consistent, but not effective. L- yeah. Like I was posting, like I was doing like 40 sessions a week, mate, posting content every day, still training, like, still it was, but everything was so diluted because yes. it was just too much of the wrong thing and that, but like, I wouldn't change it because it's obviously then allowed you. And it was, I remember I wrote a post about this recently. I was happy when lockdown happened because I had more time. I remember yeah. actually being like, I'm much happier. Is that no mad? Like, <laughs> like my place. Because you give your chat, your brain a chance to unload. Yeah, like we're always consuming it. See, as coaches, mate, we consume just as much as the next guy because when we're not working, we're working on ourselves to try and benefit our own minds and yeah. develop our knowledge and consume all the stuff that we think that industry needs. And that's a good thing, right? But see, if you don't give yourself, your brain a chance to breathe, it doesn't do the function that it's supposed to do and actually deliberate what's important and get rid of the shit that's no. So you're yeah. just in a frantic mess all the time, you know? Yeah, I know. Um, my dog keeps barking. I'm actually like, she's a wee touch. She keeps just running about. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's like it is so bad. Like, yeah, like, well, we're the biggest advocates are telling people to do it. And I think one of the biggest things to take away from this to everyone listening is me and Roy are nowhere near finished in any way at all. Like, we are like, I mean, we are constantly working on ourselves, and and that's something that more people need to understand that making improvements is just always fine-tuning. As I said before, you need to have a focus for the week. Is it on you? Is it on small family time? Is it training? Is it nutrition? What is it this week? dial it in get better at it and guess what happened the ceiling gets bigger and you can just basically get all the you, you just become better at juggling more things at once yeah. essentially you become a bit of a master at that and something exactly. that's what's that sorry mate no i've just got to say like when you start to change mate you start to create an environment that you're happy in and i think a lot of my clients they they always take this approach not a lot of my clients, but a lot of the folk that come initially, they go, when I just get that done, or when I just get that body, or when I just finish this six weeks, I'm like, you don't get this yet. This is health, fitness, and lifestyle. Isn't it a finished product? You're always changing. And the minute you stop you stop wanting to change, that's when you're done, man. That's when you're, you've given up. Because, like, I, I, I've, I'm fucking quoting it my nut today, but like, <laughs> I think I I seen a quote the other, the other day there, it was like, um, what was the quote again? I Somebody said, you've changed. And somebody, somebody, somebody else said, well, I fucking hope so. I'm trying to change, you know? And I think a lot of folk don't like the idea of change because first and foremost, it makes them question their values and beliefs. And they don't like that because then it highlights the problems in their life. But when you do start to change, it starts to light a fire in you because you see pr- progression and you see yourself becoming a better person. So you want to try and do more of it, you know? But the, the person that you initially are that you're trying to like improve, it didn't just you didn't just wake up like that, you made yourself like that, like at the end of the day. Yeah, so yeah, like exactly. you then trying to improve on that and work on it is absolutely no different to how you got to where you were in the first place. That's a pure, uh, that's very deep, man. Yeah, yeah. no, I know. But it, it just shows proof in the pudding. Like a lot of, like a lot of coaches, well, a lot of coaches that I speak to, that they've been broken, so they fixed to become the fixers. So yeah. they, they're, they're they're probably in the best possible situation to advise someone else how to fix their own mental health or systems. You it's, know, 
it's so funny because I often I don't really often talk about my mental health and it's it's not that like it's something that we should be spoken about more of and it's not like it's not that I'm embarrassed about it but I've had bad mental health in the past and it's been through partying and that as well it's been through you know I mean going out all the time and it's been through being a really unhappy in my old job but I didn't think it was mental health at the time which sounds yeah. ridiculous mm-hmm. like it, it does sound ridiculous like I've had a full-blown anxiety attack before like and and like at the time I never thought it was mental health I just thought I was yeah. just I don't know like I don't know what I thought it was and the thing um, is, at the time, mate, you probably didn't want to think it was mental health because that would have put a label on it and then yeah. you would have had to analyse what was causing it. And at yeah. the time, you probably weren't ready to analyse that, you know? So yeah. it, it goes back to that whole you don't want to change. Yeah, I know, definitely. What's your next so, points there, mate, for the business? So, <clears throat> this is going quite long, mate. Sorry if I'm taking up too much of your time. Don't be sorry. Um, so the second point is definitely be authentic be who you are don't try and be a robot or a replica of someone else you are your business and i think like it's funny me like after the background i've just given you who i was my identity was non-existent like i didn't like who i was i didn't like how i looked i didn't like my name so there was hundreds of things and see now i'm fucking in a very good spot with myself like like i love myself like i like i don't love myself in a vanity way but like i respect myself now and, and I've built myself up to know that I would happily stand up and advise someone knowing that I would give them the best, the best possible advice I, I could potentially give them. So I know I'm a business now. And I think being authentic and finding who you are, first and foremost, will definitely attract the right client to you. Definitely. No, I can totally, totally relate to that as well, being real. I've felt a bit for the past, past month when I've been in this transition from becoming... Christian bootcamp guy, what face-to-face trainer to full online coach. And I've not, the reason why I never announced it was because there was loads of things going on behind closed doors as in trying to sharpen it up so that the handover will be slick and everything and blah, blah, blah. But see, in the past four weeks, mate, it's been the most frustrated I've ever been even writing content. Like, because I can't be real. I can't, like, I barely spoke in my to- stories because I just felt as if I couldn't even talk. Like, I just felt so, my hands were tied because of that. And it was crazy. It was it was very, it was the first time in years that I've actually felt anxious. Do you know what I mean? Like the first time in years that I felt a level of anxiety, but it was because, again, obviously there was a plan, there was a plan behind it. And the reason why I couldn't just go at that, this is happening because obviously I had to make sure that there was a slick transition between it. And like I, I did, I felt very, very frustrated with it as well. And the thing is, a lot going on. I mean, you're moving house, you're literally revamping your whole business. You wanted to make sure that all your current clients knew the score before you started announcing it to the world, which uh, which is a commendable thing, by the way. Like looking after the people who invest in your business now is the most important thing because other clients will come, but you need to protect the ones who are investing in now. So you need to make sure they're up to speed first, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that's been the sort of thing. So I can totally relate to that, like being yourself. And if you do feel like at a point where you can't be yourself, you need to start taking a step back and look what's creating that. Is it someone else in your life? Is it your job? What is it? And then you need to start looking at how you can make change because ultimately that's what you need to do. Otherwise it can mount up in the wrong way. Yeah. And it, my third point on that, mate, is you can't be or do everything all at once. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes a lot of coaches make. And yeah, I suppose you need to get through that yourself to understand it, but like G. Alderton actually done a story today, which when I was taking notes, it actually kind of spoke to me. 
like you can't compare your chapter two to somebody else's chapter 20. They're there because they've started before you, but you will get there. And it's just, and the analogy I always use with my clients is, you imagine you first jump in your car, your very first ever lesson, you don't know you're asking your elbow, there's a fucking steering wheel, a handbrake, mirrors, road signs, other cars. You're, you're, you're fear and you're scared of, oh my God, what if I can't do this? And see, now you jump in your motor and you're in Kilmarnock, you don't even know how you fucking go there. It just becomes like second nature to you. And I think with business, you start to understand where you should put your efforts and where you shouldn't. So don't feel as if, if you're a coach, don't feel as if you need to have everything figured out straight away because that's not the case. Yeah, I always like giving business ones. It's not even because I'm like, oh, because I want to deliver it to all PTs listening in. I want it because a, a business is a is a person, as I said, and it, it applies to everything that you do in life as well. Um, and then the last point, man, we're going to go for three biggest training lessons. And the reason why I've said this is because there was so many training lessons that I learned, like big yeah. time, that really taught me a lot of value. So go for it. Well, the first one for me, mate, is more mobility. Like, I think before I was, I, I used to get, oh, I've not been to the gym today, right? I need to get in, I need to get in, I need, and it was a need to get in because I was so busy with work. And I was, I was going to the gym and not really enjoying it. So my mobility, my, my range of motion was probably, because I was just trying to get the big lifts in to try and keep the muscle on and various other things. But I think what we are initially trying to do at anybody's training is increase the amount of light years that we have in this earth, right? But see what mobility does it increases the quality of those lives, uh, those yeah, years of like that. So it's all right saying I have more years because I'm fitter, but you want the quality of those years to be better as well. And I think you spoke about it. I listened to your podcast with the physio and the myths of the physiotherapy and stretching as opposed to passive movements through weights. I think folk overlook that. And I think folk don't understand when you're, you're training. A lot of your kind of like first sets or finishing sets are actual forms of stretching because as long as you're working through full range of motion and keeping the muscle under tension and engaging it in mind-muscle connection, you're increasing your mobility anyway so long as you've got a good symmetry yeah, yeah. structure training, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. Um, mine's, there was so many lessons for training with me, but like the biggest one for me was like, I knew it already, was just simplicity trumps. Yeah. Like just simplicity. Like folk go in and they get they get caught up in an abundance of like equipment and the gym that I worked in in Kilmarnock like before the bunker was the gym group there was seven lap pull downs in there I think and I think I've been six or seven lap pull downs just different shapes and sizes cables they're all the same movement then there was like there was five seated rows I think there was like five or six so again the same movement pattern and then it's just like then there's dumbbells then there's like, but folk get oh I need a gym and don't get me wrong I don't really, I can't really be fucked training my garage that much anymore. I'm still doing it. I'm still, yeah. because I know that my goals for what I want, it's like, it's, it's something that I do every week. But the gym's obviously having that environment, that space that you associate being surrounded by people. But at the end of the day, it's just a handy tool. You can still, if you have like some, I mean, you can make amazing physique trans transformation just with bodyweight drills. Do you know what I mean? What's like, the fact that you're using fitness to, as a lifestyle tool and yeah. you yourself Good. good. It's not about how fancy the gym is. It's about how good a session you can create. And yeah. grow, coming up as well, mate, the gyms I worked in had like a shitty old Smith machine, probably five or six sets of dumbbells and nothing else, resistance bands. <sighs> so I had to really, really think outside the box how I would structure phenomenal sessions for my clients with minimal equipment. 
So that developed me as a coach as well. And that, that takes me on to point two of this, actually. Like, a lot of folk pigeonhole fitness. And it's more of an identity thing. And I think a lot of folk, I spoke about this on my, my podcast with Ollie. Like, if you are the CrossFit guy, if you are the powerlifter guy, if you are the, the weightlifter guy, you're pigeonholing your ability and you're limiting your beliefs or your ability to other other modalities when it comes to training. And then when lockdown comes and you've no go to the gym or the CrossFit gym or whatever, then you're pretty much fucked. So folk are taking for granted that actually just getting out and doing a wee run or a yeah. walk or doing a bodyweight session. Something yeah. that gets back to that, something better than none, you know? Yeah, I remember, like, it didn't... I think that like, loads of folk were like, Christian, how you that standard thing, how you so motivated, how you again habits and routines. I had good habits and routines in place. I was a very strict person. I still got up and I trained with little to no equipment. I started to get my hands on more equipment and stuff, but like a lot of other people. But I remember just being like, cause I I remember even being in my gym. I was one of the only PTs that really done fitness. You know what I mean? Like I like I liked bodybuilding, but I also was a very fit person. And like it was yeah. almost like it was like a strange thing. Like I like and and then I'm not putting anyone down, but it was just like oh, not not that I was the only person. I wasn't the only person, but I mean, and like I love going out running. I like cycling. I like just going out and doing hill runs, and I love lifting weights. I love doing different events because, and I think that big transition was I was like, cool. This is just a we've just changed the environment and how we deliver training. That's it because we don't train just to look good. We train to feel good. Do you know what I mean? We that's it. And, and it's hang like, people <clears throat> first first laugh then they follow like. I've been in loads of gyms and I've got resistance bands out and I'm warming up my, my rotator cuffs and scapular retractions and that before I go into a set. And you can see guys going, what the fuck's he doing? Why is he not just going straight in? And then you see guys coming in and putting two, two 20 plates on and trying to do barbell rows and you're like, mate, you've not even fucking worked through your range of, like they're not warming up properly and all that. And then they're the next guys that come in and go, oh, I've got a wee niggle on my back. I don't know how it's happened. And I'm like, well, you're not fucking doing any sort of mobility or movement patterns. Yeah. You're just trying to pack on density of muscle through probably pumping steroids and eating kebabs, you know what I, I mean? Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> and that's it. And I think that's that's like the level of fitness in a lot of gyms. The baseline isn't high, so that when the gyms got taken away from us, they were the only thing holding the, the, holding the pieces together. It was the same with people's routines. Most people's routines are only held together by their jobs. They wake up as late as they can. They go to work. They finish work. They maybe go and do something in the evening with one of their friends. And that's about it. And then at the weekend, they, they do whatever they do at the weekend. But it's held together by their job. Then they take their job away and they're like, oh, I'm so I'm so unmotivated right now. And you're like, well, you were probably very unmotivated anyway. Very undriven. But the only thing you had was 40 hours a week holding you together. And it's yeah. the same with training. The only thing that they had was like the maybe going out and I'm not belittling that I'm just saying that there's so much more to life and improvement than just one aspect of it a gym yes. do you know what I mean a, and and I had um what you call Andy Smith on the podcast and he's like obviously the the pretty power lifter and he was um have you, did you follow Andy no, I don't think I do mate he's been heading up the the conjunction with the Scottish government <clears throat> about keeping the gyms open and oh, we we're talking about that no, no, he's the um, Andy's actually English, but he lives in Edinburgh and he's got a gym in Edinburgh called Fingy. Okay. But he's 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 friends with that Nick and Nick Capo, is it? Yeah, Nick, yeah, yeah, yeah. And would you call it he? Um, I don't know if that is his name, I've probably said that wrong and it would just sound stupid, but he, um, they're they know each other through it. But like, we're talking about that with gyms and we're saying, like, 
obviously we do want the gyms open because the environment and all that as well but it's just sometimes when people go mental health gyms and you're like what the fuck does that mean like what the fuck does you can't just say fat loss gyms like you like folk- I've, I've spoke, i have spoke my stories about this mate when the first like, all you heard was all oh, my, oh, my routines are way fuck my routines are way fuck i'm like you know what like see if you were the type of person who had routine in the first place you would have just molded a new routine someone else would have fell into that spot the reason you're feeling the way you're feeling is because you're the type of person that doesn't have any routine. Yeah. Because the people with routines are probably the ones coping the best at the moment. And again, I'm not belittling someone that don't doesn't have a routine, but you're right when you say that, mate. Like, I think a lot of people were just so caught up in their work that that was the routine. And then when the work goes, they go, oh, fuck, man, I've not really got much else going on. Uh, this has been held together by uh, a busy... A- I'm a bit of a busy fool here. I don't really know why I'm actually holding things together. But yeah, like it's you see it all the time and it's like folk externalizing and blame so many things. I had a girl recently that um she was talking to me about it and she was and like I, I'm the sort of person that's as real as I can be with people. Like I kind of pull like I will pull people to bits if they try and pull me to bits on like my integrity of what I'm doing. And it's not like I know that I know what I'm doing. It's not even like that. And they were saying about oh. I always track my calories and blah, blah, blah. Like, and I know this. And I was like, in my head, I was going, they were basically blaming their failure on not being told the number of calories to eat, even though they, they had been. But like, anyway, um, and I basically was just like that to them. I was like, in my head going, and I said out loud, I was like, if you were someone that already done that, then you wouldn't even be asking that question in the first place. And it's like someone that says, I need a gym. And you're like, well, it's not a gym you need. You need a better routine, a better mindset. The gym's just going to be the cherry on top. That, do you know what I mean? It's not the, it's when someone just like part externalizes what I need that. I just need that. It's, it's group training that I need. I need the gym. I need that. And I'm fine when I need that. And you're like, no, there's something deeply wrong that you're placing the emphasis on that. Like, obviously, I totally get that I'm sick of training in my garage and I would love to be in the gym, but it's not going to stop me training because I, I train for me because it feels good. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, People are trying to build performance on dysfunction. The yeah. fundamentals and foundations are fucked, but they're trying to build all this performance on top of it. You go, mate, come on, just strip it back. I know. Get your mind right, get your food right, get your habits right, and see yeah. your training. You fucking enjoy that more. Yeah, one of my clients is uh, joining the Marines, and we're going through his 90 day program there. <clears throat> and we're talking about it, and I was talking about he's, he's not, he's, he's a lot younger than me. And if I was being told when I was 21, I was being told by a guy that was six years older than me to to look at my habits and plan my, my day and write gratitude. I'd be like, no. And I said to him, I was like, look, from experience, would you not rather be a, a very fit Marine who had his shit together so that he didn't have to worry about all the trivial tasks that you're going to be delegated to do? Or would you rather be a very fit routine, uh, fit Marine that doesn't have a fucking, doesn't know his ass for his elbow, but they're really fit and has to worry about ironing and planning and not forgetting things? And I was like, I know what one I would want to be. Exactly. I the whole package and not yeah. just that one. No, just the fit person. You would want to be the, yeah. per- the fit person that knows what they're doing. That when right. stuff gets, when you start to worry about things, that you're like, no, I know what I'm doing here. I feel cool, cool clam, collected. Not about like, oh, I've got ironing to do tonight. And <laughs> so, I uh, it's it's yeah, it's it's trying to get people to understand that the mantra of improvement isn't just about exercise and about having a gym and about doing group training. 
And I totally get that the effects of all these things do, but I wish more people understood that it wasn't just one thing. There's a lot more cogs. And probably hope- funny though, like a lot, sorry mate, to cut you off, but it's probably funny a lot of folk will be listening going, coaches saying that training isn't the thing. And I'm like, that's not what we're saying. But like, see, as a coach, you quickly realise that training is probably about 10, 20% of your job, man. The rest mm. of it, you're a counsellor, you're a fucking, you're a, you're a nutritionist, you're... Like there's so much more elements to your job. And I've said this before, any nugget could take somebody into the gym and beast them for an hour. That's not what it's about. It's whether they've got the understanding and the education behind that. That's the most important thing. Yeah, 100%, mate. I totally agree with that. And I think that really finishes off the podcast nicely as well, mate. Um, and you were saying about taking it long. Do not worry at all, mate. I love a long chat, mate. Like, it's good. It's good. And that's exactly what I want to do on them because, you know what, it will deliver. So many people will be listening to this and be like, taken away so much. And I know that. I know that they will because what we've done is gave it all down to broken parts that are easily implement- implementable. If that's a word, I said that in the last podcast as well, I think. I'm just making up words easy to implement and yeah like it's just folk will be like i get that because i like giving real life examples because folk just understand it and i think when people when you talk about your own story that you have and i have today with different parts of it people just get it even more and they understand that it's very achievable once you break it down into smaller uh, parts as well but um to finish off man what's your plans now mate what are you doing what's the the plans for the future so the the future plans mate I, I, I want to be a dad. I want to try and have a kid this year. Um, I mean, I know it's not just as easy as just saying that, but um, I, that's, I'd love to be a dad, mate. That's, that's, that's the big goal for me. Um, and that's the reason why I, I work hard to try and put myself in that good opportunity so for when that time comes. So that's probably one of my main goals. Um, and pretty much just maintain all of the habits that I've learned and the stuff that we spoke about over lockdown. They're, they're ingrained in me anyway, but it is very easy to go back into, we'll call it normal life, and start just getting dragged back into all of those, no going out your walks, no doing your journaling, because you're trying to fill every void with, with something else. Um, and basically just continue to do what I've always done, mate, and follow my gut. Because I've never really been the guy that has seen myself on stage or going to seminars and being like this public figure. Um, and if that happens, then fair does, I'll just go with it. I've just went with just kind of what, what flows at the time and how my, my environment dictates it. But I kind of like doing things that scare me and things that, that scare me initially. And then you look back and go, fuck, I'm proud I've done that, you know? Because like, yeah. I think that's where you do de- definitely develop. So that's probably where I, I see myself. I'm no, I've no really got ma- ma- major fitness goals or anything, but I've signed up to do the, the coast-to-coast rat race in September, which is the, the run cycle kayak. So I'm looking forward to that. That'd be good, mate. A good. I love our fitness challenge. I think that's the. It's one of the big things that keep me going as well. I'm very focused, and I've got a few as well. And the good thing is, we will start to see, obviously, like you said, events popping back up. I've got an Ironman booked for August, so all these different things are going to be good to and exciting. And I think even just hearing that news the other day about the gyms reopening, about beer gardens, it just gave me a proper. Not that I was waiting on it, but I mean, like, it just, I had a big smile and having the lovely weather like it is outside right now, it's so good. Um, and it makes a yeah, big, big difference. difference. There, there seems like there's an element of more hope this time than there was the last time. Yeah. I think it's maybe because of the vaccine and stuff. So, listen, all we can do is just hope for the best, innit? You know, maybe the Ayrshire variant of the virus will come out and just <laughs> fuck us all. But um, anyway, guys... 
thank you very, thank you very much for coming on Roy like it's been an absolute pleasure mate and honestly I've enjoyed the podcast so much so thanks very much for coming on and Absolutely. lastly to wrap it up as well obviously the 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 cats at the back as I said on my most recent post I am now doing online coaching and if anyone is interested in completely delight with me and Roy have been talking about they're loving this sort of mantra and they want to completely transform their life, their shape, their physique, their mindset, everything about it, then don't hesitate to get in touch. But thanks very much for coming on, Roy. And we'll definitely be getting another one for the future, mate. Cheers, my man. Take care.